you tuned in to Relationship Factor, where we have authentic conversations about sex and relationships, moving you from problem to solution, from functional to exceptional relationships. I'm your host, Kingsley Moyo, a relationship and sex therapist. Rebecca is a criminal justice professional, a Navy veteran, uh, and a healthy living enthusiast. She just aims to inspire and spread love and hope to those who need it the most. In our conversation today, we're talking about dating and sex as a single mom. We're talking about the fears and vulnerabilities that come with it, as well as the opportunities that come with being a single mom and how to enjoy life and feel and live a filled and fulfilled life. Join me for this conversation. Single mom, single mommies need love too. Um, I think it's crucial that we uh, we create a space where we talk to single moms and talk about their journey into dating and relationships. Uh, maybe you are a man, you you checking out this single mom and you don't even know how to navigate, but we want to have a conversation about the reality of being single and being able to get back into the game and sometimes it's after a long period i wonder what that's like rebecca um um tell me about the life of a single mom what, what does that look like what is that like for you so organized chaos is the best way that i can describe <laughs> it um having three kids and doing it by myself is always a struggle uh, we definitely are running around from point A to point B all day long, uh, working and then trying to manage my home life is feels like two jobs a lot of the time. Um, it's definitely uh, difficult, but manageable. Mm-hmm. And we try to work together as a team. I tell the kids like, look, we're a family and we're a team. So we're going to do this together. Everyone has to pull their own weight. Mm. I, I can imagine. Um, so you have your morning job, which is you go to the office or wherever you go, or you run your own business, and then you're going to come home. That's the second job. That doesn't leave much time for yourself. It doesn't. So you have to carve out time. If I don't take the time, <laughs> they're not going to give it to me. So that's something that I've learned over the years that, listen, I'm going to be selfish today and I'm taking time for myself and you're just going to have to deal with it. And they do. They, they. So you actually have, you actually have the conversation oh, yes. with them. Oh yes, because my daughters especially, they don't want me to go anywhere, or do anything without them, and so when I do, sometimes it can be a little bit of an issue for them. So I have to talk to them and say, listen, mommy needs to be the best version of herself. So that means I need some me time. And so then, how does that work now? So you you see a man like uh, maybe they they slide into your DMs and. Uh, the conversation starts happening. Is that another time that you need to carve out? How does that work out? Yeah, the dating side of it is definitely very difficult. I have to, you have to be worth my time because if I'm taking time away from my kids, then it better be worth it because that's very important. That's my, you know, my primary role is to be their their parents. So if I'm going to go on a date with you, then I have to make sure that you're worth my time. 
So what, that's an interesting word, uh, worth my time. Tell me more, what does worth my time look like? What is that? What does that it look can like? look like a, a number mean? of things because I don't, every man I date, I'm not looking to marry. So I'm not going okay. into it saying, I need a dad for my kids. Like I need somebody to to swoop in and save the day and, and take over all these responsibilities. That's not what a lot of single moms are actually even looking for. I think ultimately, you know, we maybe want to get married again one day and have that family unit. But dating and, and marriage are two entirely different things. So sometimes I just want to go out and be social. I want to go and be with somebody who's attractive and have this chemistry between us and just have a good time. So meeting someone and having it worthwhile is just me being able to go out, cut loose, be a different version of myself being a woman instead of a mother and just have a great time. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting uh, differentiation. When you are home, you are a mother. Um, and when you leave the house and you, when you go on this day, you are a woman. You, you would want to be treated like a woman. There's another thing that you mentioned. I think that was really interesting. So being a single mom, you are allowed today. Right. You are allowed to see Jack on Monday go for coffee. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to see Andrew uh, in two weeks' time. Just to get a sense of who they are, what they are like, and see if they're really worth your time. Right. And, and I fill them out first. There's no way that I meet somebody. Let's say I was on a dating app before. There's no way I'm going to just start talking to you and five minutes later we're going to go meet up. Like it's not going to happen that way. I had, I had a system when I used to do the dating app. So it was like you I had, had a system. system and most women do. Tell me about this system. Yes. Tell me. Okay, so I'll tell you. What's your system? Most women I, that I know, uh, we'll talk to them first through the app. And then maybe through um, social media or texting and then calling and then FaceTime. After I've done all of those things and kind of vetted you and decided if, hey, this guy's probably not a crazy, we can go on a date with him. Then I'll set up a time or you'll set up a time and I'll agree to it. Okay, so there's a process that you work through. Somebody tries to rush the process, then you know, uh uh-uh. This person is not worth my time or something is up with this right, person. Right, because if you can't understand too, because I'll, I'll let them know right away, like I am a mom. So if you can't respect and understand that my time is valuable, I mean, whether you're a mom or not, your time is valuable, right? But it's right. more so because I have to plan with the kids, you know, if I'm going to go do something. So you have to be respectful of that. And if you can't be and you're trying to rush me, then yeah, we're not meant for each other. I was having a conversation uh, with somebody uh, around that line of uh, rushing or taking your time. Somebody was saying that um, single moms um, can be desperate, can come out as desperate. What does that What does that mean? What does that look like? I couldn't speak to it because I'm not a single mm-hmm. mom, um, but I just couldn't make up what they were saying. The person wasn't necessarily a mom. They were just a guy. Mm-hmm. They were just saying single moms can be desperate. Um, what do you make of that? What does that mean for you when you hear somebody say that? So I don't think that they're referring to all single moms. They're referring to their experience uh, of a single mom that they met because we're not all the same, obviously. And we're all at different points in our life and different parts of our healing process. So he might have met someone who is freshly back on the scene after being divorced or had a bad relationship. And now she's not healed So she's going into it with this kind of like, I need somebody else. Like I need someone to fill that void and take away that pain. And so she could come off very desperate. But in my experience, like I don't come off desperate at all. I could take it or leave it. There's a million other out there. 
you got your system going on now so so um coming out of um um a relationship some single moms come out of come out of a healthy relationship and some single mom come out of a, a toxic relationship i'm curious about your experience having been a single mom and being in a relationship for a long time what was it like going into the dating app? oh it's terrifying it was absolutely <laughs> terrifying because i was married um and with this person for about seven years so going into the dating world after two years of being single i did not date anyone for two years because i needed to heal i needed to be alone i needed to figure out who i was relearn myself um i needed self-compassion there was so much in my journey that when i started dating again i was like brand new like how do i do this again Mm. now i'm in my 30s i'm not in my 20s like before before i met my (laughs) husband right and so it's a completely different circle out there. You meet them in different places now. Different. Like, I'm not going it's, to the club. Not... Like, no, we're not doing all that. I would like to meet, like, at a coffee house now. Like, go to the park. It's entirely different. It, the journey of healing. I'm curious, what was it like for you? Because it sounds like um, if you are a single mom and you are looking for somebody to uh, come in real quick. It may potentially be that you're looking to fill in a, a void or an empty space, or maybe you haven't healed from your past mm-hmm. relationship, or maybe it's not even your past relationship. When you got into that first relationship, you were not healed, and then that relationship happened, which was toxic. Right. Then it just compounded the situation. What is what 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 is what did your healing journey look like for you? So my healing journey involved a lot of therapy. Um, and that, and therapy can come in all different forms, right? So I did have an actual therapist because I felt like that was necessary for my mental health. But on top of that, I started listening to podcasts and podcasts were literally the first thing that I started doing at that time that I had never done before. I was like, what's different? What's new that I could do? Because I needed something to distract me. And that distraction was really positive because it wasn't, I wasn't avoiding my feelings, but I was digging into why do I feel this way? So I searched out podcasts that had, you know, similarities that I was looking for, and it allowed me to just learn. I had so much learning to do because before I even met my ex-husband, I was not a complete version of myself because before that I had gone from relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship and didn't allow myself to ever fully heal or know who I was. Yeah, yeah, and, and I can imagine it, it. It can be quite a lot if you have kids. Um, you pieces of you are being pulled in different places. If you're in a relationship, maybe it wasn't healthy. You were being pulled one side. Now you have kids. You're being pulled that direction. Now there's a job. You're being pulled that direction, and there's really no time for you. So you gotta be able to work through all of that and be whole again. Podcast. I I, I know that's how we linked mm-hmm. up. You told me that you were listening to the relationship thing. Yes. like, hey, Rebecca, we got to get into that and get your story and talk a little bit more about how people heal through journeys of relationship. Now, uh, if you're a single mom, how do you really get to see that the relationship that you came from was abusive? Because I've had several conversations with some people that didn't have the aha moment up until I had a conversation with them either in therapy or in conversation like you know what that was a toxic relationship that was trauma bonding what was it like for you to discover while you were in 
or while you were out? How did you discover that? So a small part of me discovered it while I was in. And that was mostly because my friends and family were telling me, like, you need to get out of this relationship. Ah, this... listen to friends and family. Right. And I, I tried not to. I tried my absolute best to tune them out and say, no, you're wrong. He's not like that. It's not, you know, he's not gaslighting me. This doesn't even exist, right? And so I had this version of him that I had created that was unreal. And once I was able to escape it, and then after time, the fog that I was in the entire time I was in this abusive relationship started lifting and I could see things clearly. And that was a revelation because I had never realized the amount of abuse that I went through and put up with until that moment where I was able to be Mm. on the outside and be away from that person who was, you know, drawing from me and not giving anything back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So so for you, it was that realization of listening to friends and families. You know, that's that's, that's an interesting one because not all friends and families are really jealous of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are actually talking to you and just having some real conversation and talking to you. Now you are out of the relationship. What are some of the limiting beliefs that you've seen as a single mom? Like as you go through this, I'm pretty sure you get to a point whereby, okay, I'm a mom. I got a kid or two kids or three kids. Who's going to be checking me out? Does it, does it, how does that work? Like, what is it like for you? Yeah, I definitely had a lot of limiting beliefs and I have, you know, several single mom friends who feel the same way. And mm. I've, I've gone through the, no one's going to want me. I have three kids like, and I had to hear from a lot of good friends and people who knew me and care about me to tell me, hey, good good friends, friends." you know, tune out the people (laughs) who, like you said, could be jealous or, or have, you know, something negative to say at all times. These good friends were like, listen, you have so much going for you. Like you're beautiful. You have a great career. And they had to remind me of who I was and that a real man is not going to care that you have three kids to go along with. And, you know, not everyone is, is okay with that. Some people want someone without kids, and that's perfectly fine, but there is someone for everyone. And, you know, there there is a person out there that is going to understand my value and, and realize, hey, this is the person that I really want to be with, and the kids are going to come with that package, and he's going to be okay with it. Have you... Have you- um, I don't know if you've ever processed this. Do you think that it's easy to date a, a single dad or another dad with kids um, or another dad with three kids because it just balances the equation? Um, like, what have you thought about So that? personally, I didn't, I was like, look, two's the limit, which is horrible because I have three kids, right? <laughs> you got three. Right, so I'm like, how am I going to say <laughs> that I counted the kids? And I was like, I can't be the Brady Bunch. Like, this just isn't going to work for me. <laughs> However, over the time, I've kind of like changed my viewpoint on a a number is not the important thing. The important thing is that our values align, that our children get along. Um, I have dated two single dads. One of them had one child and he had him full time. Um, He actually was was great. Uh, He's a good dad. He was great with my kids. The other one had two kids and um, my kids didn't really connect to him very well. And I took that to heart. And and eventually after about five months, I realized that that was not the person for me. Um, But it, it was interesting because single dads are able to 
understand your busyness, understand your, you know, type of life. And when you date someone, yeah, availability is huge because when I've dated a lot of men, at least, you know, lately that don't have any children and it's the polar opposite. Like they're so selfish and and not all men are selfish, right? Who don't have kids, but they just don't get it because they only have to care about themselves and, you know, make sure that they're good. My life is not at all like your life. So our compatibility just doesn't mesh well. Yeah. You say something about the kids. Uh, So sometimes your children can be a gauge as to how this relationship is going to work out or if at all it is going to work out. So it's good to pay attention to the Mm -hmm. kids. Very much so. And see how the kids get in and into the vibe and everything. What What if the kids are... Do the kids ever see something that's not there? I don't know about that. My kids are <laughs> my kids are really good about uh, not judging somebody. Um, very like they don't have a problem with me dating. I do not bring every man around my kids. There's only been two relationships who's actually been around my children. Most of the time, I say I'm going out with my friend. I'll be back, and they don't you know they don't question it because they know better. I said this is mommy's business. Like. I keep my my dating <laughs> life and my family life entirely separate, right? So you know mommy, but you don't know this woman. No, over and here. you don't need to know her. <laughs> mommy gotta go have fun. Exactly. <laughs> like my, I'll be back at this time. You get some rest. Don't wait up for me. You know what I'm saying? So you say you don't bring the kids around because I, 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 I think you probably have a system around that. What's your system like with bringing like a dad or a guy around your kids? So the only time I do if that. If somebody makes it to right. how long? Well, it's not, it's not a time frame for me. I think that, um, yeah, it's hard to gauge based on time. It's more so not just a feeling, but it's your action. So if you're treating me a certain way, I'm watching how you're treating maybe your kid because maybe you've introduced your kid to me beforehand, or I'm seeing uh, values that align with mine and I'm seeing that you are a family man and you're able to do these things. And I think that there's a future. Then, and we have a committed, we're in a committed relationship. At that time, I will introduce you to my children because before then, I just don't feel comfortable if I don't think you're going to be around long term. And unfortunately, those two relationships that um, I was in after my divorce did not work out. And my kids were affected by one of them. And that really got to me. So after that, I haven't introduced anybody to my kids. Ah, so there's a psychological effect that we got to consider with uh, uh, if you are bringing multiple guys to be able to come see the kids. So, Rebecca, what does that do to sex life? Oh, my god, Mommy's going to get laid, too. So, like. <laughs> let me tell you about that. Um, I am very private about that as well. Obviously, I never want something like my kids walking in and, some and, and you know, uh, seeing something they can't unsee. So, I go... Uh, you know, we have needs. We're, we're women first before we're moms. Oh, real right. talk, yeah. So, like... Let's say, okay, let's say I have a friend with benefits and I go and I see him when I need to see him at his house where there's no kids, like, you know, he doesn't have any kids or whatever. And we go hang out. I have my time. I'm a totally different person. I'm able to just kick back, relax, meet my needs, come home. My kids know nothing. Uh, <laughs> so, so they, they, they so that, which means that that's part of the negotiation when you, when you're starting to have a friend, okay, are you able to host or uh, what are we doing? Because in the end, if they have uh, kids at their house and you have your kids at your house, you end up sneaking out like high school. Right. 
we do. But but the ones I've been, uh, let's say I've been talking to or dating um, recently, it would be no kids. Because I'm just, I'm at the Dang. point in my life, I mean, if I meet somebody who I feel like there can be something real there, then we'll do that. But right now, I've just been so busy that I don't really want a relationship unless, you know, that special person comes along and I'm just like, he's the one. So I'm having fun with just having fun. And like we have what we have going on and there's no there's no commitment there. There's no ties. I don't have to stress about texting you every day and calling you because right. I don't have a lot of time. And they're okay with the that. Emotional burden. It's emotionally yeah. draining because I know I give 100% when I'm in a relationship. So if we're in a, go I go all out. all out. Like I'm all in or I'm all out. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, halfway i would give you just this little piece like no i'm gonna i'm gonna go above and beyond and i'll make time so um you're single mom you got needs so how do you how do you actually um, tell single moms out there or how do you actually cultivate a healthy sex life knowing that hey um there's the chances that space may not be available like what what what, what does a single mom need to know or what does the dad who's trying to date you or guy who's trying to get with you need to know? Well, he needs to be flexible because it's going to be around our time, most likely, the single moms. If you're, you know, you're not a parent, um, you're going to have to work with us because we will have a small amount of time that we can carve out for that because women can always make time, right? Anybody can make time for what you consider to be important. So if a healthy sex life is important to you, then you will carve out time for him. But he needs to know that it needs to be planned a little bit in advance. It can't be like, hey, come out right now to happy hour or like, let's go get together at my house. Like, uh, no, I need at least like a couple of days in advance and then I'll let you know and we'll have to do it around like my schedule. And I'm sure that some women can like, sneak them into their home if they choose to do that depending on like where their kids are in the house and like make sure you lock the door and things like that but um there's ways around it you just have to be creative so so it's interesting you say that it's around your time as a single Mm -hmm. mom or as a single dad whatever so that means a guy needs to be patient right it's yeah he does i mean if if he's not patient then this arrangement is not gonna work it's interesting because sometimes we always talk about uh, sex has to be spontaneous. Uh, sex has to be uh, uh, um, just, just, we just got to flow with it. But scheduled sex can be cool too because you put it under the calendar. Okay, listen, guy, uh, I'm available on Thursday at 5 to 6. If you want to see me during that time, that's when it's going to go down. That's scheduled sex and it can actually work. Yeah. Yeah, that can definitely work. Okay. Now, the kids mm-hmm. um the kids the kids do we have a narrative for that for do you have a story that we tell them oh no <laughs> i mean i i will say hey i'm gonna go watch a movie at my friend's house that's that's usually <laughs> that's usually my my cue to myself that they don't know and then I'll, and then i really will probably watch a movie over there and netflix and chill and then come back and be like oh i saw this movie you know but they'll be asleep by the time i get back and then the next day maybe i'll talk about the movie so really i mean i don't know if my oldest son has an inkling but it's nothing that i would ever communicate with him and we're very open with each other but i know he doesn't want to hear that so why would i tell him yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a little bit traumatic, yeah. and, and, and 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 I suppose um, uh, in all of this, 
um kids are kids you are a parent and at the same time you maintain a little bit of some friendship with your kids so that they can be able to tell you right. stuff um what are the struggles that you've seen that you've seen as a single mom that you're like damn this this is hard so for me personally i i've had a lot of struggles because my kids are very separate in age my son being 15 and then my daughter's nine and my other daughter's about to be five so i'm dealing with three different life stages which is very difficult because i'm being pulled three different ways and everyone's going through a different um you know changes and and being male and female and raising my son um is a special circumstance as well because my son is black he's mixed but Mm -hmm. the world sees him as black and so raising a black man as a whitish I would say a woman um, is is very difficult because I don't know how to tell him. His experience is completely different from my experience as a teenager. And for him to go through the types of, you know, discrimination and things that he has been through, I can do my best and try to relate. But, you know, I've I've never been there. So all I can do is be his support and say, listen, I've got your back. I'm here for you, and and that's how we handle that. And I think that's real, um, especially for uh, uh, being white, passing, and having black kids. Um, it's okay sometimes, I think, for a single mom not to have everything figured right. out. Right. It can be a little bit difficult, and especially when you're talking about racial issues of black men and the injustices that we go through, and being on the opposite end you may almost feel like I'm going to lose my child. I can't connect with my child. But it's okay sometimes to go through that frustration and be able. So you have a support system, though, still. I have a support system. They're not physically here necessarily. I mean, I do have a couple good friends here in Houston. Um, but I, I have a support system with my sister and, you know, uh, my dad in Colorado. I don't have, like, a support system here necessarily uh, mm-hmm. so you actually are away from your support system Correct. and family so you're in a different state altogether, right. and you're dealing with like three life stages actually four life stages yeah. you're a single mm-hmm. mom uh teenager um voices cracking <laughs> feels like a man yeah. uh young girl and these are all multiple stages that can be a lot so that what does that do to your mental health it's 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 hard. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there there are days when I just break down and it will be uh, over the smallest thing, but obviously I ha- it had been building up for a while and you know, even last week had a moment with my son where he was grounded and he kind of was feeling himself a little bit and thought, mm, you know, he can he can say now. something to me and I'm like, "Hold <laughs> up." Yeah, flex. he was flexing on me and I was like, "You don't want to do that because I might be all of 5'2 <laughs> and you're 5'11, but I will take you down." Like, I do not play <laughs> like that. So, um, my kids, I have tried to teach them, you know, respect as much as possible and I try to keep the communication open. That's the best thing I know how to do because I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. Um, but if I'm able to say, listen, let's talk this out. What's going on? Talk to me. And if they won't talk to me, um, I'll get them in therapy because my, my daughter has a therapy next week. I can't get through to her sometimes when she gets into these moods and she's very down. And I'm like, okay, if you won't talk to me, maybe you'll talk to a therapist. And sometimes that is the answer. They don't always want to communicate everything with you. And if there's somebody else that you could find for them that can help them, 
then go for it. Yeah, yeah, therapy is good. And and I think that's something that um, may not necessarily be valued by single moms. Or maybe sometimes it's the resources. Single moms may actually value the therapy, but the resources to be able to take themselves or their kids to therapy. But I think I like the, uh, the fact that you want them to be able to get an outlet. Right. It's not necessarily about you. It's about them developing in a way that 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 is healthy for them. Exactly. They have to learn to get the anger out in a healthy way because um, not all of us were taught that. Even as adults, there's there's a lot of us that don't know how to properly show our anger and to decompress and to get that stress out. And because kids are stressed too, especially with COVID. Like yeah. these poor kids, we've we've expected them to handle it and just suck it up and keep going because we did. But they're kids and they process things differently. And I'm sure it's had quite an effect on them. And we have to have that compassion to say, okay, he's acting out because of this. And may, what can I do yeah. to relate or to help him work through this instead of like, oh, you want to be disrespectful or, you know, get angry with them over something. Yeah. Now, you were in the Navy and um, um, there is this idea of strong woman um, being taught how to handle your emotion how does that concept of strong woman work for you? I was talking to another lady one time, she says, Kingsley, sometimes this whole concept of being a strong woman, it's heavy. Like I, it's just days that I just, but what is it like for you? It is extremely heavy. I think she said that well. Um, you, I mean, that's for every single mom, not just military, but we, in the military, you know, we're taught to be strong and to bury our emotions, um, to just, mm. you know, like whatever you're feeling at the time, suck it up. You know, that that's what we're mm. told and just handle it and deal with it and, and rise above it. But we're not really taught to feel those emotions, to dig into why, um. why that we feel this way and what we can do um, to fix that. And so that's what I had to learn on the outside was like, hey, it's okay to not be strong all the time. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel like this is too much and the pressure is just like building up. And to be able to give yourself that self-compassion and say, it's okay to not be okay. And break down and cry because when you cry, like you feel amazing afterwards. When you release mm-hmm. all of that pent up, you yeah, out. you have to let it out. You can't just continue to bury. And I think men are taught that too like from a very young age as a boy like you don't cry don't be a girl it's weakness and crying is the opposite of weakness it's getting all of that stuff out so you can be even stronger afterwards so so it's interesting you mentioned that when you're in the navy you were told to hold it in um don't expose it now when you step out into your own relationship with your ex you had to be able to let out your emotions now you're a single mom it's like you're re-navigating relearning this whole thing all together yes it's everything's a relearning experience right because every experience is different so you have to decide how you want that to look yeah now um trust and abuse mm-hmm. have you gotten back your trust for men i have I'm different as far as not going into something, diving in head first 
and not just openly trusting everyone who comes along. However, I'm also not ever going to be in the position where I feel like I have to go through your phone, where I feel like you might disrespect me on social media. If I feel any of those things, then we should not be together. When I trust you, I trust you fully. And I want you, I, I know that you have my best interest in mind. And that if something does happen, it's out of my control. And it's okay to say, hey, if this doesn't work out, this doesn't work out. But I am never going to be in that position where I'm trying to prevent you from doing something because I'm afraid that you're going to leave me or I'm afraid that this isn't going to work out. I'm no longer afraid. Yeah, but you, you had to walk through a process of that. And it's interesting you mentioned that um, going through somebody's phone because that could be indicative that something is happening with you or that relationship is not good for you if you have to be in that space where you have to check a phone and to be constantly worrying what's happening to them that may be indicative of some other things that are really happening out there in that relationship or with you oh absolutely my insecurity levels were extremely high in that marriage and part of it had to do with my past experiences before i came into it so i can't put all of the blame on him um, and then there was the part that he played and, you know, the infidelity and the things that he did while we were in the relationship mm. to increase those insecurities and to solidify that the way that I felt about myself was true, which it was all a lie. But that's what I had right. told myself is, hey, oh, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not this. And then everything that he would do would just confirm that and say, okay, so I really am not pretty enough. I really am not this. And so that took a lot of unlearning when I got out of that relationship to say, how you feel about yourself is not going to be um, predicted by how somebody treats you, right? So if you're treating me this way, that doesn't mean that that's what I deserve. Yeah, those limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. you're not pretty you're not good enough. You have to do this. And eventually you find yourself living your life for somebody else. And the years have gone by and the relationship ends. You're a single mom and you look back and you say, was that worth it? But it's still, it's, there's still time for you to be able to pick up the pieces. Right. And you try not to look at it like still, a waste of seven years, right? Because I was angry ah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I wasted seven years of my life. But... <laughs> I really didn't because I learned so much about what I will not accept from somebody else. I learned so much right. about what I was worth and what I'm, you know, what I will never put up with again, that that was a huge learning experience. And I got, you know, two great kids out of it. So right. I can't complain. So it's real when you're a single mom, now that you are out of a relationship, you don't have to settle for every man that comes your right. way. If they are not your type or if they you're just not vibing well with them, you don't have to uh, be the fixer to make them the right person. Let them move along. Yes, and that is a huge piece of it because I was the healer and the empath, right? So I would meet mm, these guys empath. and people are like, what's wrong with your picker? Well, the problem was that I thought I could save everybody. So every man that came in completely broken and he's definitely not in the position to be in a relationship. And I'd be like, I can help him. Like, no, like that's not your job. His yeah. job is to help himself. Like your job is just to be a support there. So I never should have gotten into, you know, half of the relationships I did. And like you said now, I'm extremely selective. Like if, if I feel like you're not good for my mental health or you're not good for me in some aspect, then we don't need to do this. 
Yeah, yeah. Relationships are not a rehabilitation center. Right. Where you try and get to correct behaviors of the past. And some behaviors may be as old as childhood. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to fix them in a space of two months, three months, five months, so that you can be in love and get the things that you wanted. It just doesn't work that way. Um, How do you, for somebody who is out there, single mom, uh, they're trying to navigate this thing. They got one, two, three kids, and they, they just want to bounce back. Uh, they want to be able to get back to a space whereby they just like you, Rebecca. Um, how do you actually bounce back after being either in an abusive relationship or given your 10 decades? Well, not 10 decades. A decade, mm-hmm. uh, two decades of your of your life into a relationship how do you bounce back how do you build up from that so i would say put that focus on yourself stop thinking about the past right it's okay if the past comes up acknowledge that thought and then dismiss it allow it to just go and then try to create some some positive thoughts in its place Um, that was one of the things that my therapist had taught me when i first was separated was Okay, when a negative thought comes up and you think about him and what he did to you, I want you to think of two positive things, right? Because negative thought is more powerful than a positive thought. So you've got to counteract that. And then he also gave me great advice when he said, you know, you're going to wake up in the morning, your heart's going to hurt. You're going to hurt all day long. You're going to think about him all day long. And then eventually you're going to wake up and realize you didn't think about him the entire day. And just time, time and healing is so huge. And I realized at one point of maybe a few months down the road, I woke up and I was going through my day. It was probably about lunchtime when I realized that is the first time I thought about him. And I was like, I'm healing. That's what this feels like. <laughs> that moment. Yeah, that where moment. it hurts just yeah. a little bit less. And I just want women to understand if they can get past that part of it and not have to jump into another relationship to fill that void and kind of numb the pain but feel that pain get through it and on the other side there's just this huge light like it is the the greatest happiness yeah 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 i could see that i could see that so so that moment so be patient with yourself right be tender be kind with you to yourself it'll come exactly It'll come. Rebecca, I mean, we can go on and on and talk about this, and there's many other stuff that we could talk about. Uh, but tell me more. Uh, where can we find you? What are you up to? What's going on for you? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Sonrie. It's S-O-N-R-I-E-173. I'm also on TikTok. It's Veronica Mars 17 uh, I have a lot of upcoming things that I'm excited about, a podcast being one. Um, hopefully be able to release my first episode uh, beginning of May, maybe even earlier. Um, and then I have a sports apparel line that I'm trying to get out by the summer as well. So got a lot of things up All and right. coming. All right. All right. Okay. Big stuff coming up. Yo, I'll make sure you look out for that uh, podcast coming up. I think it's going to be good stuff. Um, As always, this is another episode of Relationship Factor. Thank you for hanging with us. Uh, You can follow us at Life Collective Counseling uh, on Instagram. 
make sure you follow the episode uh, wherever you listen share or like the episode wherever you listen as always if you want to get more resources you can go to life collective counseling where we talk about love relationship and sex moving you from problem to solution from functional to exceptional sex life thank you thank you Rebecca. thank you for having me i appreciate you you take care thanks Bye. bye